0: Radio Free Brooklyn. Um, I'm your host, Joanna Perfit, along with Megan Duffy.
1: Good morning, all. This is Crime Talk. PK. And,
0: <laughs> and uh, we have a very special guest, who I'm going to let Megan
1: introduce. I'm very, very excited to have my brother Patrick on the show today.
2: Hey, hey, everybody! Hey. So excited to be here. I love your show.
1: <laughs> Thank oh, you. Giant- Thank you. Yes. We're doing something a little out of the box today because we need everybody needs a little lighthearted something.
2: Mm-hmm. I think so. I lighthearted think
1: show. Oh, sorry. <laughs>
0: lighthearted yeah. murder
2: show. Lighthearted murder yeah, show. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Nothing, nothing lighthearted about scandal or lots of lighthearted scandal.
0: <laughs> yep. and um, it gains dying later mm. in the show. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, well, great to be here. So- great
2: to be here. Thank you so much.
0: So, Patrick has joined us because he has a hometown connection to the murder that we covered on the last show, um, specifically the Versace part of it. Ooh,
2: that's right.
1: A little bit of that, a little bit of this. We've got maybe Mm -hmm. a conspiracy theory up our sleeves. We've got a couple other things. We'll surprise our
0: guests. This is all new to me, too, so I'm very excited to hear what you have to say.
1: Yeah, Patrick, Joe didn't know about Andrew Cunanan until recently. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she's going to have lots of questions.
2: Lots of questions.
1: Get
2: that, get, get that gay history up in her. <laughs>
1: gay herstory. Okay, before we dive her- into... I know. Before we dive into any of that, though, I'm just going to do a quick couple of on air reads because apologies to RFB, but Joe and I forgot about it completely last week. So here it is. Uh, Friends, COVID 19 is disrupting everyone's lives right now, including ours because we're thousands of miles away from each other. And Radio Free Brooklyn is no exception. We want you to know that we have made every effort to ensure the health and well being of hosts, staff, and the community at large. Um, All our studios are closed and all the live events are canceled, but our hosts are still doing the best to continue bringing new original programming by broadcasting live and pre-recording from their home studios. Let's not get too elaborate on that. I don't want want anybody to see what mine looks like. (laughs) Um, With most of our revenue streams evaporated, we need your help. we realize you may also be hurting, but if you can afford any small donation, it would go a long way towards helping us stay on air. Um, there are three ways that you can help. First, you can give a one-time monthly donation by going to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. You can buy some T-shirts, mugs, and other swag that will also send your way. And you can also use your phone to, test, to text RFBGIVS. That's the number five at the end, by the way, RFB Gives. See, Joe, you do just so much better at this than I am. Um, to 44321, <laughs> four, four, um, and you'll be able to use your digital wallet for your donation. And also, finally, shopping at Amazon, since they're only shipping essentials out now, you can go to Amazon.com smile and register Radio Free Brooklyn as the nonprofit you wish to support when you do a percentage oh. yeah it's pretty cool when you do a percentage of your sales will go to RFB and it will cost you nothing so doing it now, doing it now. no donation is too big or too small so whatever you can afford we would dearly appreciate and uh, we still hope to see you in May there's going to be some announcements on the party for our five year anniversary kill it <clears throat> yeah okay no. So
0: so. just first off, um, <clears throat> Patrick, how are you doing? Are you, are you in Minnesota?
2: I am in Minnesota. Uh, how am I doing? I'm okay. It's a, it's a bit crazy right now in the world. I mean, I'm personally fine, super happy, super, I mean, super healthy and gr- grateful to be with my mom and safe. But wow, it's a tough time. I tough time looking out at all the craziness that's happening in there. So, just uh, yeah, I'm good. My, happy to be on the phone with my sister who's doing good out there in Brighton Beach and you and just chilling. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, if you <laughs> enjoy being on our show, then feel free to uh, call in
1: um, in the future.
0: When we're back, uh, we back live. Like
1: to shake for up for with some Sure. Guests. Yeah, when we're for back sure. live start calling into the station for commentary
2: oh my god Uh, sign me up i can't wait yes sign me up
0: um well things are going well um on our end i'm just starting to get a little stir crazy i never realized how small our fire escape was before i tried to (laughs) get all of my outdoor time on it Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but i i have a new hobby that i've been developing quarantine Tell the, Tell that? us all about it. My new hobby, being like a board almost the is um, we have these like family of cats. And then this little kid who lives on the bottom floor of our apartment will hang his head out of his family's window and talk to the cats. And so what I started doing is when I notice that he's doing it, I stand on our fire escape and make kissing noises at the cats. So, the kid's trying to get the cat to come up to the window so we can pet it, but then the cat gets distracted and, like, looks up and tries to find me. And I was doing it for, like, 20 minutes the
1: other day. It was really funny. That's hysterical. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you never reported back on your uh, rosé vanilla ice cream concoction. Oh,
0: that's because um, my uh, very special friend of the show, Ashton Bakery, all the vanilla ice cream.
1: <laughs> okay. That's not very supportive of the show. <laughs> it's <laughs> not. Uh, did you get at least go to the roof deck that day? No. Okay.
0: But um, I did get Hello Fresh. Good. Um, using yeah. your trick that we're not going to stay on air so that no one else can steal it. Oh, Fresh, right. So I'm mean? drinking Angry Orchard. Rosé.
1: Nice. It's a good choice. I like an Angry Orchard Rosé.
0: And we have enough food for like the next like three weeks. Mm -hmm. Good. Good. So. Mm -hmm. Um, I do feel I do feel obliged to tell New York. Well, I guess this will be playing next weekend, and hopefully by then the coronavirus cases will peak. Um, but we're of course recording this the week before. Um, so everyone, stay inside. Don't be the teenager
1: skateboarding in front of my apartment. Don't be the dicks at the bike rally in Queens yesterday. No, shit. sorry. There was a bike rally in Queens yesterday. There's a bunch of, like, it's not the motorcyclists. It's the people standing in crowds watching the motorcycles go by. Oh
2: my god, that's crazy. That is so it's, crazy.
1: It's like you're gonna, you're, you're killing me, Smalls. Come on. Like literally. <laughs> Patrick, is Minneapolis your uh, people staying in or?
2: Well, you know, I'm in this little kind of enclave, which is called Edina.
1: That's called which it is a retirement sub- community.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of yeah. upwardly mobile, um, which is like a little bit weird because you kind of are walking around in a mall. It kind of feels like walking around and like living in a mall. And there's not many people that are out. Um, and there's a lot of, I mean, the average age here is probably 65, 55, 65 around there. So I'm just short, just shy of that. So not not very, not very fast moving. A lot of canes. I was telling my mom the other day, we were out walking around. I was like, there's a really high cane, high percentage of canes in this community, which people like to stick out and uh, measure their social distancing and you kind of get whacked Whacked by one every once in a while if you walk too close. So That's I would amazing. say that it's safe. Safe <laughs> people are safe. People are conscious. They're respectful. Our <laughs>
1: They're to the old
2: They're looking it's out very, for your well-being.
1: It's very white. It's
2: very yeah, what?
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Today we today we went to Target and bylays looking for uh, portobello mushrooms, which were, which were sold out, and that was the big news. So,
1: oh. yeah, it's pretty good.
2: Oh, for Pete's sake, what is mom going to do? She wanted to a bellows. She was so Hi. distraught, she took a nap. She took a oh.
1: nap. Oh, yeah. yeah. She took a nap.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, my, my mom's side of the family is from um, Iowa Minnesota, mm. and Minnesota. Uh, and the accent makes me very homesick. Just to put in perspective, I didn't think that Sarah Palin had an accent because she just talks like my
1: uncle. Oh yeah. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm... to her credit, she's also a goddamn lunatic. So you know, looks <laughs> <less> like my <laughs> uncle in that regard.
2: That's another show.
1: Boy, shul. she can see Russia from her house. Don't oh my know? god, from the... yeah. Oh my god. That's Russia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, like,
0: prime SNL material. Yeah. Well,
2: uh, Can't see
1: Russia from my house, though. Oh, no. <laughs> well, what? I live, well, I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> my neighborhood is pretty much Russian. Oh,
2: that's true. That's true.
1: Yeah, Megan sort of can. <laughs> I sort of can. In a broad stroke sort of way. I the grocery can. store
0: does play um, lots of Russian pop music
2: yep oh i love that though
1: (laughs) i love that story
2: yeah give me some russian edm while i'm looking for some um aubergine and broccoli that's right (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: the hot hot bar is all pre-packaged now
2: oh my god oh yeah oh that's so good
1: i mean they they thought of everything they've pre-packaged their hot bar yep
2: So good. I mean, that was a Corona catastrophe waiting, waiting to happen, which, by the way, did you know that Corona in Mexico has stopped producing Corona as a result of this crisis?
1: That makes me really sad. It just boggles the mind at how stupid people
2: are. I know. Oh, people would be like. Sorry, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, have you guys seen that Modelo is starting to sell water in cans?
1: And yeah, they're calling it, like,
0: again. beast water or whatever.
1: And yeah. it's, like, for
0: men.
2: Oh, really?
0: <laughs> I mean, that's what it reminds me of. It's, like, some ridiculous name and their branding is, like, tough guy. And I'm, like, it's water. Like, I had to Google it and I'm, like, well, is it,
1: like, hard seltzer? No, it's literally just water.
2: It's, like, tap water. Fun?
1: Patrick, our brother, would buy that.
2: Water for men.
1: Water for men. <laughs> Our brother would buy that, totally.
2: Water for men. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yay, Crazy. Queen. Yes, Queen.
1: Yep, water for men. Yes. So, All
2: right, well, that's what's happening? Some Corona teenies, some water
0: for
1: men, and some Versace.
0: Nor yes. cor- no Corona Beer.
1: Nice. Nice. Yes disappointing it's my favorite vacation beer
0: um so why don't we jump into our interview oh i don't even know where to start with this patrick why don't you just like jump in with uh what are your connections to this um megan told me that you
2: went
1: to versace's house
2: yeah well could I
1: start. Why don't I start like start with the like, Minneapolis connection first? Okay, it's like so, more like more like the timeline that we
2: yeah, gotcha. We okay. Talk, okay,
1: yeah, okay. okay.
2: So let's back it up to Mar. No, wait, back it up to May, I guess. I can't remember the exact date of the of the of the of the, of the, of the event that so that happened.
1: May of May of 97. It would be May of 97. 97.
2: Yeah, May of 97. I was knee high to a grasshopper about 20 years old, kind of like living life fancy free in uh, DT downtown Minneapolis one night. And, um, and it was very interesting because, you know, the typical weekend night or the typical night in Minneapolis with your, with your lgbt besties was like jump in the car go downtown um hit up a couple little hit up a couple little restaurants have some apps and then run to the one of two gay bars in minneapolis at the time so there's the gay 90s and the the saloon so we had lots of choices so on this particular night um i went with all my fitness friends because i was a i was a fitness instructor in town and we all went high kicking at this little restaurant downtown minneapolis in the warehouse district and there's probably, gosh, I mean, it was kind of one of these. It wasn't like a formal sit down. It was like one of these in and out things, like just invite a bunch of friends and like some were in, some were sitting, some were drinking. It was just kind of like that thing. And there's probably like maybe ten or twelve of us, and uh, came in um, with my with my friend, and um, was just like a typical night. And we're all pretty high energy because we're all like fitness instructors and stuff. And um, and met this dude who didn't really have much of a personality but wasn't super impressionable but seemed quite quiet and seemed a little bit odd. He didn't. He seemed kind of like an odd addition to the group. He didn't seem very like, you know, crazy and like wild and full of energy like the rest of us were. Um, and he was with a couple of his friends and then we sat down for drinks and had like a little you know, bite to eat and we're just kind of all being crazy and to be honest I was super like super into my own video at the time so I was just like more concerned about what I looked like. <laughs> than anybody else. <laughs> um, not much has changed. No, I'm kidding. Um, and so, but there was just nothing. Not really. But nothing too no, not much has changed. Nothing too noticeable, but just odd. Like you got a really odd feeling from this this guy. And it was kind of like that side of the table. And he wasn't new. He, he wasn't, he wasn't like really friend. He wasn't in the friend circle. So I didn't pay much attention. And then of course, went to the G9, gay nineties, went and, you know, danced my titties off that night and woke up the next morning, turned on the news and boom, there was a murder in the warehouse district. And I was watching Diana Pierce on Care 11, I'll never forget, and uh, was watching, like, the video of the Warehouse Loft, which was um, kind of what known as this place where people went to party and, like, after parties and stuff. It was, like, the hip, it was, like, a hip, kind of, like, artist Yeah,
1: Yeah, very Tony, though. Like, you, you need a lot of money to live there.
2: Yeah, yeah, especially at the time. It was, like, you, yeah. it was very, it was kind of, like, I don't know it was just, it was like really glamorous He lived in this one loft place, because this was before downtown was like super gentrified too. And mm-hmm. so I remember, I remember seeing it like, oh my God, those lofts, you have to be like rich and fabulous to live there. And, um, and then there were like, you know, gay, it was like, you know, gay man murder. And at the time too, like, they, it was still a little bit hush. It wasn't like super out there to be like gay and proud in Minneapolis at the time. I and mean, we had the pride parade, but it was like still a little bit taboo. So the fact that there was like a, gay man murdered on tv was kind of like whoa and then when you then of course the story started to reveal itself and um then it became known who the person was that was murdered and then that's when i put the two and two together that i was actually at dinner the night before at this like little gathering at this restaurant the night before with the guy that got murdered which was jeffrey like oh my God. yeah exactly his name because was jeffrey Trail. Mm-hmm. Yep, Jeffrey Trail. So he wow. was friends with some. Of, so he was friends with some of the instructors that I was with. So like we weren't directly friends, but it was like it's such a small town and such a small community. And then it came out to re- be revealed later that Andrew Kuninen was the suspect. And then they showed his picture. And then that's when I realized, holy fuck, I was with that guy. And so at this dinner, and so then um, of course then the nationwide manhunt started because he then. I think it was. Correct me if I'm wrong, girls. Um, went to Milwaukee, and then it was the um, the Craigslist. Wasn't? Didn't he meet some dude on Craigslist at a motel? Some no. Closeted dude. Oh, was that Chicago? I
1: can't remember. He went to Chicago and killed a real estate developer,
2: an older right.
1: real estate developer.
2: Yeah, closeted dude. Like they met on Craigslist in some ho- hotel or no, no. motel or some shit.
1: I don't know. That that has not been confirmed because he was married.
2: Yeah. hmm hmm mm-hmm. I think I so, thought it uh, was like a
1: We don't I thought it like, was like a, There's there's no way to know actually. But his wife found okay. his wife found Lee Miglin is his name.
2: Yeah. His okay. wife, yeah. So, so then the nationwide manhunt started and there wa- I think there was like some shady Craigslist motel murder though. I think I'm if I'm remembering correctly, but you know, my brain is a little bit dusty on those details. But so then, you know, the whole nation was watching. I remember everybody was like, oh, my God, this because it was like he went from Minnesota, I think it was Milwaukee, something from Milwaukee, Chicago, then, of course, eventually down to Miami. And then that's when all of a sudden, boom, all over the news, you know, Versace had been murdered. And the craziest thing about that was that I actually had the connection to both because just a couple months, or a couple of months earlier setting it back to actually Easter Sunday anniversary coming up next week. My anniversary was I was invited to Gianni Versace's house for a big Easter Sunday party that he had uh, in Miami. So this is like Miami 19 in the nineties. So it wasn't like, it was like party central. So it was like Donatella and supermodels and Paolo Reversi and like Mm -hmm. everything that you imagine in a Versace campaign happening at this party. Right. And I, of course, I, of course, like walk in like a gangly, you know, like six foot two, 120 pounds. Well, six, six
1: foot nine in the stilettos, honey. Let's, yeah, let's exactly. Anybody. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And the only reason why I got there was because I was, um, you know, dating somebody at the time who actually was, you know, very close friends with first actually. So I was invited by proxy. So I got there. And um, so we're, now we're back dating this, like, so it was crazy because watching this whole thing happen, it was so weird to be have been in Miami at Versace's house with him, meeting him, da, 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 da and then moving back to Minnesota just a couple months later, and then having dinner with the guy who would then soon to be his killer. So it was almost like a premonition that I didn't know that I was having, but it's just so weird that those things were linked so it's, that's kind
1: of that's like sense.: okay. whoa. <laughs> Yeah. Whoa. So I knew, I, had, I knew you had it. That's why I'm like, we have to do this. We have to do this.
2: <laughs> so to clarify, okay. to clarify, like, to clarify, like, I didn't know, like, to clarify, I was at Versace's house, had, you know, party had, was at that party Threw him on the phone with my mom. My mom talked to Johnny like, Hey, Hey, you know, all, it was a great, you know? So then, and then after that, like, because I was a busted broke model, and my sugar daddy was essentially done with me. I had, you know, hightail it back to Minnesota. Heart, you know, dreams, dreams broken, became an aerobics instructor, kind of, and then basically went to this dinner party and then met the person who would be and would be Versace's killer. But I didn't know, like, his plan. I didn't, I didn't know Andrew's nothing at the time. So it was just like this most random circumstances. So
0: yeah, right. crazy, right? I have a few what? questions.
2: Sure. All
0: right. So my first question is when, so you, so Andrew Cunanan was at the dinner.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: What was he like? You said he was just kind of like not very memorable.
2: Well, I mean, to be honest, it was, it was hard to really get, I didn't really spend that much time talking to him, but what I remember was that he was not very engaged in what I was, But I have to, I kind of have to be honest, like I probably wasn't his target market, to be honest. Like, you know, I think like, if we're looking at a type of person that he was probably wanting to get to know, maybe something that could offer somebody that could potentially offer him something. And I was just some dizzy 20 year old that was like off, you know, like partying and like kind of doing my own thing. So I don't think I was particularly interested to him. And he wasn't particularly interesting to me because he wasn't interested in me. (laughs) <laughs> no i mean that
0: makes sense and that kind of like rings true with what so i've been watching the um the assassination of versace on netflix mm-hmm. for the first time yeah. and uh <clears throat> that show kind of gets that i think across a little bit where his personality was very much um there had to be something in it for him and that if there yeah. was he could be yeah. quite charming but i definitely could see like if he was just like hanging out with a group of people, him maybe not. All about the money, honey. Yeah, all all def- money. yeah, yeah,
2: for sure. And like <laughs> the sect of the people that were kind of at this dinner, like there was kind of that. Like you could tell who was like the you could tell like there was the people with the cash and like the one then there was like the hangers honors. But like he just wasn't. I met him, and honestly, it was in passing. And there were so many of us, but I just I do mm-hmm. remember meeting him I do remember sitting there with them and chatting with him a little bit but it was everybody was just kind of like drunk and into their own thing that there weren't it wasn't like we had a, had a deep meaningful conversation and then when we all got up to go we all just were like okay there's only two places to go so we all just kind of filtered and you either went to the gay 90s or you went to the or to the um saloon and that was kind of like what you did you just like circled around all night like you went from one to the other one from the other, or the brass rail and so like you just oh the kinda, brass
1: rail i totally forgot rail. about the brass rail the
2: brass i know you didn't the brass rail is kind of like uh
1: mm. but um
2: yeah so like you just and the thing was is that's all you did and so and nobody really was paying attention to it it was just kind of like so we didn't so we i went to the 90s but i wasn't like hanging out with them so they didn't they never came so it wasn't like in my we just went dancing and then that was it and then i woke up the next day and then that's when there was on the news the the right. thing so there was no i wasn't like oh this guy's weird it was just like this guy's kind of not he's just not a part of the crew but yeah he's and- not I mean, one of
1: us he's not warm yeah. he's not like engaging he's not yeah he definitely, definitely felt like he had a purpose then like he was there with purpose perhaps Do you think? i mean
2: maybe i mean like if we're gonna speculate like it definitely he was definitely into these, these dudes like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say like yeah premeditated murder for sure because like i don't know but like and who knows what went on in that house that night but like if there just definitely was a weird it was just definitely like if, if somebody new that comes to a party that's not going out of his way to make himself like make himself like a welcome participant do you know what i'm saying
1: yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah Mm -hmm.
0: And then my second question is this might be kind of a dumb question. Did you guys, did you guys talk about Versace at all at this party, especially since you just kind of come back from this dinner?
2: Oh, it's a good question. Um, You know, I can't actually, we didn't speak about things in depth, but like I was a model at the time and I probably was like going on and on about how that just happened to me to somebody, but like I'm meeting him because it was, you know, so exciting, but I don't remember, that's actually a really good question, but I can't really remember the specific things that I said, but um, maybe, maybe in passing, but there was never, I can definitely say nothing ever to him. We never were like. I never said yeah. anything specifically about it to him. But it was something interesting that ha- and exciting that had happened to me. And I was you know, 19, 20 years old, so like probably I was telling everybody. So could be. <laughs> I, I think I should, you, you did, know. I mean, you
1: that's, did that's, that's everybody. Reasonable. You yeah, told
0: that's reasonable. everybody.
1: And you should have, because yeah. you were 19, 20 years old having brunch with Versace on Easter. I mean, <laughs> if I were having
0: brunch with Versace and Donatella, I would tell everyone, and yeah. Uh, I mean,
2: it makes for good TV. I'll never forget it because my I was living at this place called the Harrison Hotel in Miami, and basically my um, my benefactor <laughs> at the time they called me. Well, like, well
1: yeah, benefactor.
2: Benefactor at the time called me <laughs> and was like, "You're coming to Easter Sunday brunch?" And I was like, "Great!" And so he was like, "Here's the address," and I was like, "Okay." So I was like walking there, and I had like a white, you know, t-shirt on and like swim shorts. And I stopped to get oh. ice cream at my favorite ice cream place. And of course, spilled ice cream on my shirt. And I was like, oh fuck, well, whatever. And I walked up and I saw the address and I was like, oh my God, I'm at the Versace mansion. And I pushed the doorbell and the fucking the, the doors go flying open and like in, I get walked by the butler and I'm like walking into this Versace campaign. With, <laughs> with an ice like, cream choc-
1: stain on your
2: shirt? With, ch- with chocolate ice cream stain on my shirt. And I rem- I'll never forget my diesel shorts. And like flip-flops and I was just like my dirty feet I was just like a rug rat at the time and like I walked in and everybody was like "Uh." so I went to go see my friend um, my benefactor and he's sitting right next to Versace he's like this is Patrick and I actually had a really lovely conversation (laughs) and then um, yeah and then the rest was okay
0: so my next question is what was Versace (laughs) like
2: oh my god he was so sweet I mean the moment the few minutes that I had with him like he was kind, inquisitive, asked me where I was from. I was doing my Minnesota accent impressions for everybody there. So I was making everybody laugh because they were asking me where I was from. And so I just remember, I, Megan, I think you and I had seen the movie together, Meg. Um, Fargo. So we had just seen the movie yeah. Fargo, oh, yeah, yeah. of
1: course. Yep,
2: Fargo had just come out and like everybody had seen that. So I started doing my Minnesota accent impressions, which, of course, was make, cracking everybody up. And then... I
1: would- I I would like to remind everybody that Fargo is not in Minnesota, though Fargo is in North Dakota. North North Fargo
2: Fargo, Moorhead, Fargo Moorhead. Yep.
1: And they go, they drive to the cities. So yep, they
2: drive to the cities. Just
1: my geography lesson of the day. Continue. Sorry. Sorry. Okay.
2: So (laughs) that was it. He was a sweetheart. (laughs) Sweetheart got a tour of the house, which blew my mind. There's like. was just like it was like it was the most beautiful place I've ever seen in my life and like the pool and the models and Marcus Schenkenberg and just like it was just like my because Miami in the 90s was this like weird utopia where it was just like you kind of everybody because the HIV crisis had just hit and so all these gay people Mm -hmm. went there kind of I hate to say it they went there to die because that's kind of like the last bastion that they had so you had like that hit and then you had like Ingrid Cesares and you had Naomi Campbell and you had supermodels in Miami and these nightclubs like Warsaw and um, Liquid and like it was just this weird place that you went, but it was very it actually felt really safe like you felt you No, know, you never felt like You never felt like unsafe there even though there's probably unsafe stuff happening. It just felt like a family. It just felt like, you know, a big beach a little beach enclave. but um yeah, everybody was super exce- and also it was super accessible. Everything was very you know, you kinda had to be young and pretty, but like everything but everybody there was young and pretty or rich. Or old and rich. So yeah. So if yeah, you were young and pretty right. or you're rich, it was fine.
0: Oh my. <laughs> so,
2: yeah. Yeah. I'm... I am neither I am neither one of those anymore, so I guess it's not a that... <laughs> well, either. It's
1: gonna be welcoming me back. <laughs> me neither, so me either. I'm gonna buy my own island. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm.
2: But.
0: So, wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. So it was funny because I was watching the this um thing about Conandon on Netflix, the um docu series, and then I was like, I don't actually care about him. I just want to watch more about like the Versace and this house yeah. and their lifestyle, because um he's portrayed as so I love the way that him and his sister come across in this series, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's like, you really see them like caring about each other and being a family. And you see him being like, just kind of like maybe a little bit aloof, but like sweet. And it's just, uh, I wanted to like hear more about them.
2: (laughs) I know. Well, I think that, I think that's an accurate portrayal. I definitely think that's an accurate portrayal. I mean, I think like, from, from my experience and from from what my friends had told me, because I mean Miami, like I said, was a really small town, especially at the time, but from everybody that knew him, they just loved him and adored him, and he did take care of people so you know it's interesting then when you relate it back to this kind of whole kunan and murder scheme, there's a bunch of like conspiracy theories that are around this too because everybody always asks the question like mm-hmm. how, how and why did how did how and why did those things get get connected and of course, it's kind of murky because at the time there's there's no there's no such thing as like at that time, like traceability and or authentication of details, like, you know, the most like the I think the internet was just starting then and there was like, you know, everything was very extremely it was extremely low tech. And so, you know, the question that I have about like how did this relationship between Kunin and, and Versace come about is interesting and it actually plays back to your point that you just made about them being probably really welcoming and nice and da da da. Cause I think at that time in, in Miami things were, people were very accessible. I mean, you'd go out to these clubs and you'd see, you'd see him, you'd see Ingrid, you'd see Madonna, you'd you may be partying on the floor with Madonna and all that kind of stuff. So everything was very accessible and people were accessible at that time. And so I think Maggie, you were talking before, if you go back to the history, like there was a, something about Kunin and um, Versace met, uh, in San Francisco, I guess is what you're saying, right?
1: It, yeah, it was rumored that they had met at a nightclub when he was out there making costumes for uh, an opera production.
2: Mm. Now,
1: his his longtime partner has vehemently denied it. Uh, but, you know, look, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that two gay men were in the same nightclub one night and Andrew went up to him and either... Versace was just like that sweet, nice to see you, or just snubbed him because he was with an entourage or whatever. It's not out of the realm of possibilities.
2: No, for sure not. Mm-mm. No, for sure not. I mean, like, again, too, because the gay community is super small. And, like, if you're going to a gay club in San Francisco, there was not too – I mean, like, it's plausible. And so then, you know, bringing it back to this whole Miami thing, like, you go to Miami, it's kind of like this whole, you know, accessibility like, it's not like Versace or anybody else that was super famous at the time was, like, walking around with bodyguards. There was, it this just wasn't really happening. I mean, yeah, well,
1: not that. Versace, not... Yeah, Versace even, like, dismantled the security system in his house and was like, I'm not, mm. not living like that. So oh, he wanted, that. yeah, he wanted to be, like, one with, He lo- like, he loved Miami so much that he bought that place and moved there intentionally because he loved the community so much
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah for sure yeah. i mean yeah you had also yeah also too i mean so this the, so the conspiracy like we'll talk about this so the conspiracy theory kind of starts there with versace where it's like and maybe this ties into the murder <laughs> um so he started of course versace's from milan and that's where they started his um atelier and rumor is that it was fueled by mafia money and that's part of what made it so successful in Milan. But then of course, when he came to the United States, the whole thing got the empire got even more massive because he then was connected into the American uh, fashion scene, Darling of Vogue basically launched the world's first supermodel. You know, you had Kate, Naomi, Linda, like all those girls, and they basically blew up. Versace blew up as a result of that Claudia Schiffer, for blah, blah, blah. And when he came to America, he started another company, rumor has it, which is Versace American, American based company without the mafia money, without the mafia connection. So rumor has it that the mafia got pissed and of course he came to the United States and blew up and turned this whole thing into a massive empire and basically left his essentially investors in the dust back in Milan, right? So that now leading to up, you know, so now you've got a really pissed off mafia in Italy with a vendetta. The rumor has it, by the way. So this is is anybody listening. This is rumor. Don't come and kill me. (laughs) Don't come and put me down. The rumor has it that there was this like vendetta against him because of this. Now, I'm not saying I don't know if it's true or not, but interesting, because then when the whole Cunanan thing happened, it's like when we're trying to understand, like, well, how the hell did this? why why the hell did this happen now from my experience being somebody who actually lived in miami and i was you know busted broke i was poor i was like him living in a hotel the harrison hotel i wasn't eating frozen burritos but whatever whatever the thing was is like what i did at night was i went out and i went to all those places just like versace did, just like Hunana did because that's how you met people that's how you that's how you that's what you did And so it's plausible to understand it's, you understand it's, you can understand that like there is a chance that those two could have met or remet and then another exchange could have happened and whatever, you know, that could have fueled this murder. But then the same, so this, so this conspiracy is that the mafia somehow got tied or connected to Cunanan because the manhunt was happening. So obviously Cunanan's profile is super highly publicized, And so he's now, so you've got Cunanan in Miami and then the conspiracy is that the mafia got connected and put him up to this murder or either A, put him up to the murder and promised him lots and lots of cash as a result of it, or used the Cunanan uh, as a scapegoat and murdered him and basically through positioned um, Cunanan as the person that did the murder. So there's the two theories, which is really interesting. Did I just blow your mind on that one? Are you there?
0: I am hearing a bit of a lag. Okay. Megan, are you there? I can see you talking. I don't hear you.
1: Can you hear me now? Yes. Yep. Okay. Because I forgot to push the unmute button. We'll edit that out. (laughs) Well, no, just my talking. Patrick was fine. Um, So what part of when I was looking up into the conspiracy, though, is that It all sort of stems from this dead dove that was found on Versace's staircase the day he was murdered because apparently one of the bullets like ricocheted into parts off his wrought iron fence. And one of the pieces hit this dove. But conspiracy theorists were like, that is a signal from the mob. Oh. Yep. But then also,
0: I sort of wonder, like, I don't know. My family hunts; they can't even hit like a tur- something the size of a turkey on a good day.
1: <laughs>
2: True. Look. I mean, I mean, you know, you can, I mean, it's all about sp- how do you spin that story, girl. You know what I mean? Like a dead dove on Versace's, you know, front steps—like omen or signal. You know, like, yeah. who knows? Who knows?
1: Like if, if bullets are flying wildly around a small area, it's going to hit something else besides the target, right?
0: Yeah, but a bird. Yeah, but it, I, I mean, yeah, maybe. You know, I, I mean, it, I feel like it's as plausible that the bird got hit by the gun as it is that the mob did.
1: I don't know. Well, maybe the mob has can... a shitty shooter.
0: Don't tell them that.
1: I don't uh, you know. Send it people after us. Yeah. I'm more interested in the Russian mob, not the Italian mob. <laughs> Basically because uh, I live here. So uh yeah, like wild speculation. I also read that there was uh some PI that came out and said he was hired by Gianni to look into some shit and his family has vehemently denied that too. But he, it sounds like he was more of an opportunist. Like he was trying yeah. to just, yeah, like he was more of an opportunist be. to trying to, to try to like sort of spin the story where he was trying to sell his story to like 50, for $50,000 to some newspaper, or I use that term loosely. Newspapers don't sell you, set, pay you $50,000 for your authentic story. Like they don't, that's not what they do. yeah. I don't know.
2: It was crazy, though. For sure crazy. It was a no. crazy time. That's crazy really... time. Crazy time. It
0: sounds like you've had an interesting life, though.
2: Me? Yeah.
1: You want to, you wanna, yeah. just for shits, you want to tell her about the time you were drugged in Milan? Oh. <laughs> since, since that came oh. up in oh. conversation? Or do you want to do that off air? We don't have to do that now. I'm just telling That's you. That's fine. Like, that's fine. That's fine.
2: Um, because my okay, favorite so,
1: part is the is the Mentos commercial at the end.
2: The restitution.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh my God, I can't. I, I'm not sure if I quite remember what you're talking about, but you'll have to you'll have to refresh me because it's been so long since I've told that you, story.
1: You were at the Centrale.
2: Yeah, the Central the the Milano the Central train station. Yeah. So
1: Model my friend, Milan.
2: this is like Madeline. maybe a third
1: more distant tie model in Milan.
2: Yeah, exactly. I went to a Versace casting. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't get the job. Did, I was the worst model on the face of the planet. Don't know why I was there. But uh, so I had these neighbors that I was that I grew up with um, the Burks and the Burks and Mr. Analyst Elizabeth Burke and dad were coming to visit coming to coming to visit me in Milan, um, Italy. To, as a graduation, you know, present for their daughters who were a year behind me in high school. So I was like fresh out of high school. Oh wait, the twinsies. Like... Twinsies
1: from the what? street. Twins from the street. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right. Yeah. I was living, I was living like an out of work supermodel in uh, Milan at the time, and my friends, my mm-hmm. friends were coming to see me, and so they were coming in from Bergamo um, on the train. I was like, okay, no worries, I'll come and meet you, and um I had left woke up in the morning and left this apartment where I was staying. Walked to the central train station and with the central it's kind it looked just like uh just like grand central station so I walked in and there's a lot of like you know kind of crazy people everywhere derelicts homeless people but at the time I was so naive I had no clue what the fuck and so this guy comes up to me and he's like hey hey not really being able to speak English and he's like oh you know, can I buy you? He's like, oh, where are you from American? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, oh coffee, coffee. I was like, Shh. okay, sure, I'll take a coffee. Like, I'll, sure, why not? So I'm waiting for my friends. So of course, what do I do? I sit down with this guy who doesn't speak English. Next thing you know, I'm laying toe up from the flow up, staring at the ceiling of Milano Centrale. And this dude is like rummaging through my pockets. And it's like, oh, I was like, what the fuck? And then moments later, I'm like in the back of a taxi. And then moments later, I'm like rolling out and I'm like rolling out I'm laying in the street and I'm looking up and it's raining. And then moments later, I wake up and it's a beautiful sunny day, just like I woke up the day before. And I was like, oh, this is all a dream. Oh my God, I'm so happy that that was just such a nightmare. Like, oh geez, and I wake up and I'm like, wait, it's not Saturday, it's Sunday. Wait, wait a second, wait. Oh, my God. And then that, Then I realized that that actually did just happen. And so I went to my coat pocket and I went and everything was gone. And I went and I was like, oh, my fucking God. And I went to my cell phone. Everything was gone. I tried to get I couldn't get in touch with my friends. They came to the train station because, of course, like, you know, this was before, you know, this was like 1996, seven. So there was like really you couldn't just like, you know, quickly call someone. So then I had to go through this whole process of like admitting to myself that I'd just been basically drugged and mugged and I had no idea like who or how or what the fuck so I went to the cabinieri, the police station made my way there it was a Sunday afternoon I remember I remember being in there like crying and explaining to them like what happened they're looking at me, like you are such an idiot like why would you do that <laughs> so they, they basically do you know what it looks do you know what he looks like do you know what he looks like and I was like yeah I know what he looks like and he looks like so they basically bust out all of these books, and like, well, what does he look like? I'm like, well, you know, he has brown skin, and he said he was from Morocco. I'm mean, like, good luck with that one. So I was like flipping through the books and flipping through the books and flipping through the books, and I was like, no, 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 no. And so then, um, basically, you know, didn't couldn't find him, couldn't find him, couldn't find them. And so, but I was determined. I was like, fuck this motherfucker, kind of gonna drug me. Like I'm not having this bullshit. So like. I remember going back a couple of days later to the train station and I was like, on a fucking stakeout mission. I was like, I'm going to find this motherfucker and we're going to get some restitution here. So I go back to the train station. I think I went once and didn't find him. And I went back again the second day and I was like hiding behind a little, I don't know, something. And I
1: was like, just, Oh my God. Just so you know, Patrick's six, two. So hiding behind a little something is a little hilarious in your own mind. Yeah,
2: Totally. I was six foot two, 120 pounds, wearing like platform, platform <laughs> chunk, pump chunk cause... pump, Robert Wayne red wedge shoes that I like, you know, would wear to the clubs. Yeah. Baby doll t-shirt and baby doll t-shirt, bell bottom pants. Like that was not conspicuous wearing. at all. Not conspicuous at all. I was like, okay, so I like pop out and I was like, you motherfucker. And he was like, what? I was like, you, you stole my passport. You stole my passport. And then, of course, everybody in the train station is staring at me because I'm screaming. I'm like, he stole my passport. He stole my passport. Somebody help me. He stole my passport. And they were like, what the fuck? And he was staring at me. It. it was like everybody just like stopped. And I was like, help, help. I was like, police, police, police. He's... And then, of course, that's when this whole thing started happening. So he so everybody stopped. Nobody helped me because I was like, this. I think everybody thought I was like a screaming homeless person, which was kind of true. And so then he took off down the um, <laughs> took off. Took off down the, still am, kind of, took off down the, the what you call it, escalators. And I was chasing him, of course, because there's all these people on the escalators. He could In your go platforms,
1: girls. In like the platforms. It's a 70s
2: girl. Girl, it was like, yeah, it was like, it was like um, Charlie's Angels meets <laughs> RuPaul's yeah. Drag Race. That's what it was like. So I'm, I'm like <laughs> flying down, flying down the stairs barely keeping up with this dude. And, um, he's like, you know, screaming at me. Like he, I don't think that he could believe that like somebody came back to find him, but obviously this is where he, you know, was taking people out to take advantage. So he busts out of the front of the, of the fucking Milano Centrale and like takes off down the side street. So I'm like running after him screaming, police, police, police. Anyways, the dude, he falls in the middle of the block. I catch up to him and like basically start like I catch up to him, grab on him we start following and, you know, start tussling with each other. And like, as it was just, just before it was about to get real, real, real crazy. Some dudes come and pull them, pull us off of each other and lo and hold us was the police. And I was like, they're like, the they're like screaming at me. At time. I was like, he stole my passport. He stole my passport. And so then um, they were like, Oh my God. So then of course, boom, 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 take us down to the police station and, um, the, of course, I had a report and they put him in this lineup and basically, you know, they put, they tr- were trying to like, see if I actually knew what he looked like. And so they put him in a, a lineup a couple times with different people. And they were like, can you pick the guy? Can you pick the guy? So I picked him every single time. It's like, okay. So this guy says, you know, you're the one. And um, it basically turned out that he ad- admitted to stealing, uh, admitted to like basically taking my passport and got thrown. In jail, but Megan, I can't remember the Mentos part. What was what is that you're talking about? The Mentos. Part? You
1: well, uh, okay. So the first time you told me this story, you didn't remember that they were police officers. It was just two guys coming out of nowhere.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, totally, exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. So that's, that's, that's true. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yep. So, um, so when I remember the Mentos commercial, there's a guy on the court. Like this is a very old commercial, but there's a guy standing there, like he can't get his car out of the parallel parking spot because everybody's parked too closely and four husky dudes come over and like move his car for him. So it's just kind of Completely. like it's a very Mentos-ish. But also didn't the cops go into his apartment and find multiple stolen passports after the fact? They
2: did. They did. They did. Yeah. Cause they, they went and they went and did a search. They, so they basically busted this. So they went they did an investigation on him and found out that he had actually done this to multiple people And so because of that, then they, they threw him in jail. I never got my passport back. I never, so I had to go get a new one, but, um, there was restitution. So you're right. So when I was, when I fell over him, like there was no police people chasing me. They just like these dudes came out of nowhere and they were undercover cops and they pulled us off each other. And then when I, I explained to them what happened, I had the police report in my pocket because I was, I, I was, I knew I was going to go find the guy. And I was like, if I find him and I start screaming police, I need to have the report so I can prove that I'm not a crazy person. So they pulled out the police report and they're like, Oh, this shit's legit. And they took us down to the station, threw me there, you know, sat me down, saw the police report, did a couple of different lineups and every single time I, I picked him out. Cause they thought, they thought, Oh, who's this queen? Probably just like, he can't tell the difference between brown person, between brown. You know what I mean? Like he's probably well, like, I mean, oh,
1: you're no in a baby person. doll shirt and bell bottoms and platforms chasing a guy down Correct. the street.
2: Credibility, <laughs> not so much. But guess what? She prevailed.
1: She prevailed. She prevailed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and busted a ring. That's right. <laughs> so then, cut back to my friends that come from Minneapolis. I finally got in contact with them. And they're like, "Where? what were you doing? Where were you? And I explained to them and they were like, oh, my God, that is so crazy. Yeah, so that's what happened.
0: That's amazing.
2: Yeah, thank you.
0: That's, that's a Milan good story, man. That's a Milan client. I um, I'm going to share you my mugging story real quick, and then I think, actually, um, we should be wrapping up our episode. Yeah. I guess we'll have to do um, Ed Gain next week. Um, but I... Uh, my, I got mugged my first day in New York. I like gotten off the plane, dropped my stuff off at this like two-week sublet that I had, and was trying to get to Williamsburg. Um, but because I can't take, I didn't know the subway at all. I ended up Grand Central, like not close to where I needed to be. And I'm like tired, cause I like don't know what the world is anymore, and you know, new to New York. And this uh, kind of, like, homeless guy comes up, and he starts, like, yelling at me and shaking me and trying to take my purse. I'm just, like, standing there, like, deer in headlights. And this, like, old little old woman comes up from behind him and hits him over the head with her handbag. And so he, he drops my stuff and runs off. And she's like, are you okay? <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my gosh. so she you bought me coffee and an egg sandwich at a bodega. And she's like, okay, well, I think she gave me her sofa. Self- Phone number in case I needed anything. I must have just looked like really sad and confused. But um <laughs> so um there's also a little bit of vigilante justice, but also but like not quite at the level that you went to. I don't think I would be brave enough to go after someone who stole stolen my passport. That's really
1: awesome. Oh, Patrick's got balls of steel.
2: I don't think it was brave, it was stupid. I was just
1: like, I'm gonna go get this motherfucker.
2: Like, not realizing that I actually could have been killed, but, you know. Mm, <laughs> but I and it i yeah.
1: worked out in the end. Oh.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, this is amazing. Next time you're in New York, let me know and we can all uh, get drinks.
2: Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I think yes.
0: well, well, we can have him in the studio. Oh, yeah, you'll, you can come up onto the show in person.
2: I've been oh, my God, with it, that'd maybe. be fun. Oh, my God, that'd be so fun. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Yeah, I, can be, I can be a special correspondent.
1: <laughs> yeah, our, you're our man on the ground. <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. totally.
1: If there's any other
0: um, murders or, or crime that you want to cover, let us know and we'll do an episode about it.
2: Ooh, actually, yeah, there, there could be. I'll do some investigating. We'll do, maybe I can be your fashion crimes correspondent. Fashion crimes. <laughs> crimes yeah. of fashion crimes, crimes of, of fashion
1: well i mean let's be real there's lots of crimes <laughs> of fashion going on cuz no one gives yes. no one has any fucks to give anymore about what they look like
2: mhm true yeah well i mean there could be crimes of i mean we could be talking about fast fashion companies that are not taking care of their employees that's a crime that we could be talking about Fast fashion companies that are not um, taking care of their supply chains—that's a crime. There's all lots of fashion crimes we can talk about. So yeah,
1: yeah. we can do that.
2: Crime talk. Crime talk goes global. Fashion.
1: (laughs) Well, as long as I don't have to sift through the fucking news, I'm fine. Sounds sounds good. I just don't want. Yeah, we're avoiding the news. Yeah, no COVID-related news on the show for some time.
2: Got you. This is, this is, this is crime, crime talk to take your mind off COVID.
1: (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, send me the link to the episodes. I want to blast it out.
0: We will. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you. Oh my God. It's been such a pleasure. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. I love the show. Stay safe. Stay sweet. You too. Okay, bye girls.
0: Bye. Fashion, fashion. Wow, Megan, that was wonderful. Thank you for organizing that.
1: I just had a hiccup on my internet and it just disconnected me from the call. So, here we are.
0: Oh. Um, I took my uh, video off because my internet's being really slow.
1: I took my video off, too, but, like, yeah. Well, anyway, that was really fun. Did you enjoy that? Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just imagining Patrick showing up to Easter in this, like, T-shirt and his shorts and being like, hi, hey, like, blah, blah. And then, like, Johnny Versace's just they're like, oh, huh. Hello.
1: I know. That was my brother, and he's an absolute fucking delight. I love him so much.
0: Thank you for joining us on Crime Talk BK. Um, We'll be back next week, hopefully with some um, brighter news, although I have to say that this interview, I think, might be my favorite thing we've done on the show so far. (laughs) Do you have anything else you want to say? Nah,
1: I'm okay. I'm feeling a lot of ennui today.
0: Yeah, I feel you. I wanted to bake a cake, but then I had the cider and started to get the, the, the headache.
1: So. Yeah, I I was going to make scones, and I said, fuck all, I'm tired of doing dishes. Ordered cinnamon chips to make the scones, oh, and nice. I, oh, they're so good, right? And then I rebelled against my own shit because I didn't feel like fucking doing dishes anymore.
0: That's so fair. <laughs> I feel that in my soul.
1: yeah. I'm so over it. I'm so over it. Fucking dishes.
0: I miss instant gratification. That's what coronavirus has taught me is that instant gratification is a gift.
1: It is. It is a huge (laughs) gift.
0: Um, Well, well, I have to say that crime talk has really brought me joy over the weekend. And in many ways, it's really helping keeping me sane.
1: And I hope that for our listeners,
0: um it's keeping you sane too and we're thinking about you.
1: We're thinking about you. We appreciate you, my heart and love goes out to all of you. And I wish we could have a call in. This is the time when we would want to call in, right? I yeah. This is the time. So we'll figure something out. I'll I'll figure something out. We can have like uh Send me listener questions at megan at radiofreebrooklyn dot com.
0: That's megan at radiofreebrooklyn dot com.
1: Yep, listener questions.
0: And with that we'll um, talk to you next week. All right, baby. Bye, bye.